wouldn't stuff. call it. I wouldn't call it solid gold, but it's pretty good. Um, I mean, they got to market themselves. They got to yeah, do it no. somehow. No, what's, like, what's, got... what's the shitty? Isn't it like Velveeta cheese that also markets themselves as solid gold? Yeah, uh, liquid gold. Liquid gold. Liquid oh, gold. Well, yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot yeah. more sense. Yeah, big, <laughs> big distinction there. <laughs> but no, other than that, I went to uh, I went to a Filipino market the other day. Dude, I've been to one of those. Did they have a bunch of live animals? That... No, they they didn't quite. But it was called Seafood City. Okay. So maybe I just missed it. But they did have like a huge meat and like fish section with like all of the like you know. Like, all the chops kind of laid out on ice more than anything. It was, like, less of a deli. It was interesting. It's wild. Uh, I also, they had some, like, fast food places in there. And also, shout out to, a big shout out to Ryan Punzelon right now. Big shouts. All big the shouts. Shout all shouts. But uh, but I went to, uh, they had this, like, Filipino fast food place. And I, I actually went to a grilled, a barbecue place instead. But they had this fast food place that was doing uh, fried chicken with spaghetti on the side with chopped up hot dogs inside of it um and according to my friend emily uh that's a traditional filipino dish that apparently they used to get from soldiers uh back when soldiers were stationed around there wow so yeah a little little factoid for you're you learning there, so I, much i'm i know i'm only 70 percent sure of all of this myself <laughs> but uh they also had burger steaks which were like burger patties uh, grizzled in gravy and topped with mushrooms. I don't think I've ever had one of those. That didn't stick out to me, but they had a yeah. dope-looking like Hawaiian chicken sandwich that I was ready to go for. That I haven't really, really eaten good. anything today, so that's why I'm talking about food so much. That's all that's on the mind. I went to but, one Asian market in Albany with because my roommate, when I was a senior in college, was from Hawaii, so he'd eaten a lot of those kind of foods from where he was from, so we went. But it's just wild, man. They have like a fish tank full of live fish, and I don't know what they do with it, but you can pick a fish and they just give it to you. They're like, okay, this is your fish. Yeah. I don't know if they like kill it there. I don't know what is good, but I was taken aback. But they have other animals well, it's there like lobsters, too. lobsters, right? Yeah, lobsters. But lobsters like, you'll see at normal supermarkets. Like that's, that's well, yeah, a little but different. It's just, it's just the Americanized version of it. Like you see lobsters at like diners and shit too. I can't remember uh, what animal it was, but they had one animal that I was like, why is this thing alive here? This is not okay. It's a totally yeah. different world. It was awesome to see though because they have yeah. the so crossover- many – uh, sorry, the crossover no, between Hawaiian and like uh, and Filipino cultures were interesting too. Like, I had some really good like Kona coffee in a can they were selling there. Yeah, uh, I got and I got these things. First of all, I went there for Pocky. Have you ever eaten Pocky? No, describe it to me in detail, Pocky please. Pocky is like, yeah, uh, you, you ever go to like a like a rolled ice cream place like you'd find in somewhere like Chinatown or something? I don't know if you're familiar, but there's uh, they usually put these little sticks in it, and it's like a semi-sweet biscuit stick that's usually dipped in something. Mm. So like chocolate or like a like a green tea kind of mixture. Like it's a really good one. But I got one that was dipped in chocolate and walnuts, and I ate that whole fucking pack. And I went there on like yesterday, I think. Oh, uh, walnuts are elite. The, I also yeah, and I also got this little uh, um, coconut wafer thing in front of me that I'm gonna chow down on throughout this whole pod. It's gonna be. I'm not a big coconut guy. I'm a big time coconut not guy. Not a big coconut guy. And I've since I started eating a little differently, I had to use coconut sometimes as a base instead mm. of some of the like the buttery or batter type of thing that you'll usually make. And I I I'll eat it, but something about the taste it just doesn't sit well with me. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I can tolerate it, but it's not something I would ever choose to really go out of my way to eat. You hear Kyle? I'm adding him as we speak. Okay, never mind. I was going to call him uncultured. <laughs> He's doing that to me. I think it was last podcast. I don't know if we said it on the air, but I was talking all about Nioki and how he was giving me oh, shit dude, for not eating it. Oh, dude, I made some last night. It was so fucking good. Dude, it's amazing. Oh, it's incredible. It's amazing. Kyle, you just missed it. We were talking about Nioki. And Once Filipino again. food. Nothing, <laughs> something you wouldn't know about. Filipino food? Hey, you swine. Yeah. No, I actually wouldn't. So oh, no, it's I, good, I'm though. I'm very open minded. Uh, what did you have? So I know to try. Well, to try to uh, make... what I was what I was just saying a second ago is uh, I didn't have this, but I thought it was really interesting. At uh, I got some like some Filipino barbecue stuff that was really good. But they had a fast food place that was fried chicken uh, with a side of spaghetti with cut up hot dogs inside of it with red sauce on top. And apparently it goes back to like troops being stationed there and stuff like that and what they used to get like dropped into them and shit. I don't know. I don't know. But it was interesting as shit. 
I, I believe that because my grandfather eats spam forever. No, we need a rebuttal. We need a public rebuttal on this if I'm wrong from Ryan Punzelon. And, uh, you know, I'll eat my words and I'll go eat some of that chicken too. Hit at DKW Podcast with all complaints, <laughs> please. <laughs> <laughs> Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Dude, I think the craziest thing when I went to that Asian market, is, and I'm curious if it was the same with the Filipino market, because mine definitely wasn't Filipino. I think it might have been Korean. I'm not 100% sure. But it's the amount of things that people in other cultures eat and parts of an animal that were like, okay, why would you have anything to do with that? Like, they just had pig's ears just sitting there. You could just I've eat them. I've had pig's ear before. Pig's ear is good. But it was just a lot of things that were just not used Honestly, to seeing. God, I was like, holy shit. I think, like southern asian barbecue is unquestionably like the best kind of barbecue in the world i hear this often it's I, so I good have you had this corvo yeah i had this is what I, I had this at the uh i mean not authentically but this is what i just had at the uh at that market oh, okay gotcha oh man it was i got like uh this really good pork thing like chopped up and then uh i forgot exactly what they called it but i got a barbecue chicken on a stick that was to die for i went for a uh oh fuck what else did i have Oh, I got this, like, I don't think it's called Pad Thai, but it was similar to Pad Thai with, like, shrimp and chicken in it. Bro, it, it's unquestioned. It's unbeatable. Pork, wildly underrated. Oh, pork is so good. Better than pork beef. So damn good. Yeah, it's better than beef. I'd rather have pork. pork than beef. I'd have a steak over pork, but I'm taking pork over much, uh, any really other kind of meat. You ever have, like, Al Pastor, Kyle? You ever go get an Al Pastor taco? Yeah, I have. Yeah, that's but, so good. It's it's the I best kind of food for a Mexican kind of uh you know meat you can I, have. I, I can't do pork anymore. This, this was even before I was doing the vegan thing. I, I can't do. I don't know when it was. It, it had to be like four years ago. I just gave up. I, Does it I don't make know you what sick? It, Are you no, no, the, it, it doesn't make me. Is it duels from Pulp Fiction kind of thing? No, it doesn't. <laughs> it, it's the weirdest thing. I, there was not what like, again? <laughs> no, there, there wasn't a thing that happened. I remember I gave it up, and then like probably a year and a half into it. Somebody sent me a video, and I had already given it up for whatever reason. And then somebody sent me a video of, um, you know, what happens to pigs in the slaughterhouses. And then, I mean, I was already not eating it, so I was like, well, that kind of seals the deal for me. But uh, strange. Am I the only one of the three of us who eats meat anymore? Yeah. Yes. Oh shit. So this is us speaking wistfully about meat. Meat is murder. Oh, Kyle's a big Food Inc. fan, huh? Big fan of the documentary Food Inc. <laughs> no, I no, I don't really. I only look. I, I didn't even do. I didn't even do this for the right reasons. I did. I did it mostly because I wanted to see how I would feel, and then I also felt bad for animals. But I didn't. If it was just feeling bad for animals, I never would have done it. It's, I selfish. Yeah, you do feel so good when you're. I mean, like I've never gotten to the level that you guys are. But when you cut out meat for a while, like you just start feeling so good. Yeah, I have a lot of energy. How do you feel, Matt? You are newer to this. Yeah, it was like two months yesterday. The energy thing's pretty true. I think the the number one thing that I like about it is that I can eat whatever I want and not have to feel guilty about be feeling shitty later on. You know what I mean? Like I yep. can eat a lot of whatever I'm eating and still be a okay. Lot. Like you could happen. A like I would, I would go home to, to see my mom or something and she'd make chicken parm and I'd eat like three or four pieces of it and I'd be sitting on the couch grumbling my stomach for like two hours. Oh, now, meat sweats. They're I, so I, dude, real. Now you could eat, you know, I'll make some gnocchi. I'll make some tempeh, throw some pasta and some sauce on there, and I'll eat, like, the whole thing, and I feel fine. That's definitely the number one you thing. You know what my cool, favorite – no, that's a great point because, you know, what my favorite thing is, too. I realized how much more I enjoyed sides than I usually did main dishes. Like, it it took till – it point. took me doing this to realize, like, how great a lot of sides are that I was either neglecting or not eating enough of. Like, there used to be, like, bean salads that I'd have, like, a scoop or two of, and now I go and I see the bean salad, and I'm like, oh, dude, this is fire. Like, I was neglecting this before. So I understand that I'm going to sound like, you know, whatever, and I'm trying to overcompensate for not eating meat. But, like, that was one thing, too. It's like now I learned, like, I can eat larger amounts of sides that I would used to, mm-hmm. you know, put off to the side. So that you guys almost... wind is all of our listeners collectively rolling their eyes at us. Yeah, yes. you guys almost had me for a second, too, until I remembered the, like, just real fucking juicy delicious burgers i made over a fire grill this week well actually anthony corvo if you get beyond burger oh hit me with that impossible and, shit and the, especially the impossible burger you will get a delicious juicy burger that is almost the exact same consistency as me oh stop it's not as good it's like I, in parks I, and rec I, when ron makes the burger 
And Rob Lowe, uh, Chris Drager puts in all the time to make his nice fancy burger. And he tells them, he makes all this thing and he says, I did this, this, and this. And Ron goes, this is a burger. Here's some ketchup. You can put ketchup on it if you want. And they all like the burger better. The burger is always yeah, going to be better. dude. That I did. Uh, I went vegetarian for like six months, and I'm like, I'm definitely exaggerating when I say six months. But I remember one point <laughs> I get weeks, back. Six I, days. I think, yeah, no, it was a couple of months. But I was yeah. like, staying at my parents' house for the summer. You know, I was like, you know, working the grill, really doing the Boca game, all that shit. And then I got back to my apartment in Chicago, and I watched that episode of Parks and Rec, and I made myself a burger that night. Oh my god! Well, if no you're in shit. Chicago too, you have so much good food there that i feel like the temptation is just too strong to pass up i feel like that had to factor in too shout out to murphy's the uh the best hot dog place in the city just closed guy retired oh bummer Burst out bummer. they have two more locations in japan though and it's real strange oh well, that's good all right you guys want to talk a little basketball absolutely yeah. all right we must Hello, folks, and welcome to the TKW Podcast. I'm Matt Spendley, and I'm joined today by Kyle Maggio. What's going on, Matt? And Anthony Corbo. Hey, hey, hey. Fellas. How we doing? How's life? How's August? How are basketball withdrawals treating you guys? They're hitting me hard. I just don't like that we we don't have anything to like debate. Kyle we... and I for Kyle and I debated the merits of Aaron Aaron Boone for like forty five minutes at the end of the workday yesterday in Slack, and it was just it's not the same as arguing basketball. It doesn't the, feel the, the worst. The worst part was we didn't even go to dramatic extremes. We were mostly <laughs> saying the same things. We were both like. Well, well, yeah, he's not great. And then you're like, well, I'm not saying he's great. I'm also saying he's not bad. I'm like, well, I didn't say he was bad. I'm saying he's simply not good. And then we were arguing uh, the points uh, to go in between there. So it's it's too much. And, and we love baseball. You know, we, we yes, all love baseball. For sure. and, I, and I just can't. I don't know. I, I find myself going crazy because the ba- the baseball withdrawals, uh, I mean, the baseball debates are never the same as the basketball debates. And I just miss it. So, so much. And thankfully, training camp's coming up next month, and we can debate who we think should make the team and whatnot, and, and we can start getting back into it. But um, it's absolutely – this is like the you know the dog days of summer. Like, it's absolutely dreadful right now. Like, every day is the same. We're still so far away from basketball. This is the definition of the dog days for the NBA season. When people said the NBA is a – some people tried to pull off the NBA as a 12-month. It's like a 10-month, I think. Not. It's it is not. It's, it's, it's a strong 10. It's this a strong is, yeah, 10. I think so. Too. Right? It's saying something, man. That's not – that's nothing to scoff Oh, for at, sure. But... It's more than it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about the rookie survey because that's pretty much the most noteworthy thing that's come out over the past week or so since we last had our podcast. Uh, so basically in this survey, they just ask – rookies to answer pretty basic questions so 20 different players are surveyed they take it in and they say you know who's going to win rookie of the year who is going to be the best defensive player who have the best career etc i'm sure those of you that are listening we talked about this last year and this is something that's kind of a big deal when it comes out because of what we previously just mentioned that there's really nothing else going on right now so a couple nicks got some love kevin knox mitchell robinson so let's go through those questions we'll talk about what we think what the odds were for these guys and kind of how we think it'll play out. So the first question was a simple one and there's a reason why they lead it with the headliner and it was who will be the rookie of the year. And Kevin Knox finished in tied for third place, got the same amount of votes as Luka Doncic. DeAndre Ayton and Colin Sexton were number one. And then after that, you had the Mo Bambas. Uh, Multiple people voted for Devontae Graham a second-round pick who was a great college player at Kansas. I'd be shocked if he plays over 15 minutes a game this season. So, And multiple people also voted for Michael Porter Jr. Uh, it just makes you think. It makes you wonder if these guys are paying attention to anything going on. Yeah, I'm kind of shocked at that uh, Colin Sexton pick up there. It's just because the Cavs, I think people are just going to be really – people think they're going to be very bad. 
So they're saying in their minds, oh, Sexton is going to get a lot of stats. If we're looking at the odds, Doncic is the favorite to win the award at plus 350, and then Aiton's plus 375, and then Sexton and Knox are both plus 750. So I think it makes sense where Knox is. I wasn't I so that too. surprised. That. Yeah, I wasn't that surprised by the Sexton pick just because of what I said. I just think he's going to get a lot of burn, and then Aiton being the number one pick. I was just surprised. I thought Bagley would get some more votes. I thought mm. that, you know. I, I don't thought, even think the Kings are really confident in him. No, I I don't. I'm not a big Bagley fan. I don't know if I said it on this program, but I, I'd rather have Wendell Carter than Bagley. And I, I said it during the draft. I said it pre-draft. I watched a lot of Duke this year, and I'll keep saying it. So, Kyle, what do you think of all this? I thought Knox was exactly where he should be. To your guys' points, I, I was more surprised that Colin Sexton was where he was. Um, I Can think. I ask a question real quick? Yeah. Who do you think averages more points next season, Colin Sexton or Chetty Osman? <laughs> well, Chetty Osman's training with Durant, know, Kawhi, and LeBron, so he's going to average twenty. This. Shit, yeah, man, he 20. might average more than Kevin Love. Oh, yeah, easily. I'm going to go with Chetty Osman. It's going to be know, Sexton. So that, that about proves Colin Sexton, you know, the confidence that everyone has in Colin Sexton up there. I think no, I, I really like Colin Sexton. I mean, he, he yeah, but you're not rookie some... of the year and then scoring no, less no, points. No. Than, yeah, I, I think I think that's a, a pretty gross reach to have him that high. Um, to, you know, to Matt's point too, I was surprised that Bagley didn't get a little bit more love. I think that might be in the face of um, overwhelming Doncic love. I think people wanted you know Doncic at that spot to go to the Kings, and when Bagley went there, there's been a a significant amount of blowback, especially out of the Sacramento fan base. So I wouldn't say um, I think that sort of has been the sentiment that general NBA fans have felt as well. So I think that's why we're seeing that happen. But um, as far as Knox goes, I almost, and I think he's, I think that's great. I like seeing him there, but that even might be high considering entering the draft. Like he was like mid, you know, late, late, late lotto. He wasn't really like a, a favorite or a surefire top 10 pick. Then he had, you know, a, a good workout or two with the Knicks and then he shot up to nine and then we saw what we saw in summer league, um, which we know can skew things sometimes. And sometimes summer league doesn't translate at all to what we saw. Uh, Unexpectedly. So we got hyped about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. And I am too. And I, there's a lot to like that seems easily transferable to the NBA, but I, I wouldn't ever argue higher is my point. Like I think three is probably as high as he should be rated right now, I guess. Let him prove him wrong. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. It's a motivation, yeah. If And if for whatever reason he ends up being the real deal, like we think and hope that he is, then that's even better. Fucking if he wins crazy. the award, that that's great. Even if he doesn't win the award, I said this from the Knicks ball count the other day, even if he doesn't win the award, KP didn't win the award, and KP is a legit star in this league. So it doesn't really matter if he wins it or not to me, as long as maybe you're in the conversation, I, I think that's probably more important. You know that we see that there's some legitimate uh, legitimacy to you that we can believe in, that we can actually put some real stock in it going forward. So if he gives us like a KP campaign where he comes in, we drop our draws, uh, drop our draws a little bit, we we're blown away, impressed. He doesn't win the award, whatever. I, that's fine too. I mean, we we always like to see our guys win the awards, but what matters is is he, you know, an actual NBA player? Is he going to be somebody we can really build around and if that's true then that's really all that matters in the end uh kyle did you see the the uh Jokic versus uh porzingis who's don't, more of a rated debate i i just just thought and this will <laughs> never ha- this will never happen again just out of decency for matt in this podcast i'm not gonna waste any time on such an asinine and the, the i'm not even gonna get into the better or worse thing it's just doesn't deserve any any conversation when when somebody willingly says something so objectively false that Jokic is a better defender than KP. That's say what wrong. You want KP. Say what you want about KP being overrated. I'm not debating. I'm not debating that. Mm-hmm. We we'll, we always stand for our guys and hype our guys up more and want our guys to be better than they are. I understand. It's that. the only way we're going to get through this ACL tear anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and especially with the ACL tear. I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, he's for sure better because he can come back and stink. It's a thing that could happen, especially with his frame and his build. But from what we've seen from them defensively, if if you actually watch basketball, and I hate being the guy to have to say if you watch basketball, you would fucking know that Chris Porzingis is a better defender. Even with his perimeter struggles, he's nowhere near as bad as Jokic's you know, uh, perimeter struggles. He's nowhere near as bad as Jokic's lack of recognition just 
and wherewithal for defending as a whole. That was the biggest egregious mistake from that. If you feel that he's better, whatever, that's that's fine. You could have that opinion. If you want to argue KP's overrated, that's fine. But don't fucking do the defense thing. Just simply do not do the fucking defense thing. You just tell on yourselves. You really do. It's a good debate to have because I think it's an interesting question. But, yeah, to say that they're better defenders is simply looking at the numbers and saying, oh, I've seen Jokic perform well in this, this, and this. Well, that's because his skill set lends itself towards that. And we've talked about this many times, but, you know, he sits back in the paint. But, again, Kyle didn't want to get into it, and then he had a whole spiel. Now I'm getting all – I was getting getting ready and formed to debate it. But I don't think that question in itself is a ridiculous thing to ask because if you took Jokic, that's fine. yeah. The debate is fine. I agree yeah. with you. The, and I like, to, I like to have fun with the Jokic thing, but the debate is absolutely fine. But you have to understand that they are different offensive players. Just because one has an offensive impact in terms of the flow of the offense, that's different than an offensive guy who... And KP had a pretty damn efficient year last year, too. Let's not forget, even with that bad slump, like it was actually pretty damn good for especially the workload that he had to carry. But, you know, he's asked to do different things offensively and be good at different things offensively. And there is a skill in having to manage a workload like that, you know? So there is that. And on top of that, we know what he is as a rim protector. As Your center needs to be a rim protector or else he gets yanked from important games with the playoffs on the line while he's getting abused by, abused by Taj Gibson. So these are different. It's a good debate. It's a good, healthy debate. Shit, it it helps Taj you. Gibson. Yeah, no, but it, like it helps you see who values what, and at the end of the day, that's they're in the same bracket, they're in the same tier. It's fine to debate them, but to say something so, and, and these are supposed to be people that believe in, in stats and metrics, and you willfully ignore all of the the ones pointing in KP's direction to to point to. I don't even know what you were looking at for fucking Jokic defensively, but again. It, I- I was just, just trying to stir sick. that pot, and I'm really happy with how it went over. <laughs> You're a rascal, man. <laughs> uh, love Kyle. I have one final thing about the rookie of the year that people put in here, because I feel very similarly. I know you guys had expressed some wonderment over Sexton getting number one, but you know who was the number one vote getter last year? Dennis Smith Jr., Yes, sure. And they strike me as very similar in the ways that they'll impact their teams this year. I don't think they'll be efficient. I think that they'll put up points. I don't think that they'll put up great assist numbers. And I think that's what we're going to see. I think Sexton will be a much better defender, but and not as good of a scorer. But those guys remind me of each other in that they'll be able they'll be given a lot of leash to put up some points. Do you think Aiton has a chance? Oh, I love Aiton. I don't know. I, if... It it seems so weird to me. I feel like the public opinion on him is like been like a pendulum so the book on him is that he struggled with perimeter defense while at arizona especially as the year went on and he was exposed against a underwhelming buffalo team in the tournament but he is just such a beast he has a nice jumper he can work the post he's a bit of an older school big man because he's not a threat from three he made a few last year but he certainly wasn't someone that you could rely on to knock a lot down so we'll see. I'm really excited to see what kind of offense they'll build with a runner like him because they haven't had a guy that can do what he does in the post. Because the big men they've been working with, Alex Len, Tyson Chandler, those aren't guys that are at the pivot that are going to do what he can do. So I'm really excited to see what they do with those young guys. But I like Aiton a lot. I loved watching Arizona this year. So that's why I loved when the Knicks picked up Alonzo Trier and I love Raleigh Alkins. I love all those guys. I think Aiton's got a really good shot though because I, I know you, you mentioned the struggles defensively, but we almost never look at, you know, defense for rookies unless your name is Frank Nealakila because we needed something to believe in. Yes. Generally, it's the understanding is rookies are going to suck defensively. It's a good point. If they don't suck defensively, then they're okay. Like, rarely does a guy come in and he's instantaneous, you know, like instantly an elite defender. You know, and if he is, like for Frank's case, like it's mostly in really, you know, different situations as opposed to just across the board, great defender. Like, that's that's my big thing is like everybody's gonna suck defensively. Like Doncic is gonna suck defensively, and then we're gonna make fun of him. Aiton's gonna get blown by defensively, and we're gonna make fun of him. That's just it's what happens to rookies. But you know, I mean, look at Carl Anthony Towns too. Carl Anthony Towns hasn't been a great defender. His rookie year wasn't a great defensive campaign, but what did he do? He, he almost, scored. Almost better as a rookie than he yes. was last year. Yes, the different factors playing into that for sure. But yes. of course, so it's kind of interesting though. Where do 
And where do you envision like eight and ceiling being around compared to towns? I don't even feel comfortable answering that to be honest with you. Towns morphed himself into much more of a three point shooter in the NBA than he was in college. And he played on very true. a much different college team. So I think Aiton has the potential. Like a lot of people, his absolute ceiling, 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 Aiton, and this is just a player comp. I'm not saying this guy would he would have the career, but the popular comp for Aiton, if he ever was going to be a super, super, superstar, was Patrick Ewing because of the areas of the space that they both occupy and how they were coming into the NBA and they were already freak athletes. So that's where you're looking. I think Aiton is going to become more of a three-point shooter just because I think that we're going to demand a lot out of these guys. And we'll see. I mean, I'm really excited to watch him because I, I think that he can put up some numbers. But I do think Doncic is the favorite for a reason here. And, like, I think that he's the best odds. And then e- either Sexton or Knox at plus 750, I think you're getting pretty good odds on that. I don't love Bagley at plus 900. I don't love Jaron Jackson or Trey Young at plus 1100. After that, you know who is our friend, our close personal friend, New York Nick Mitchell Robinson, plus 9,000. Get your money in now, folks. Damn. Now, the, the, yeah, that's one of the ones you got to sprinkle like 10 bucks on. Yeah. And just, yeah. You know, if something happens, you know, it's uh, found money. Just get rich. But, but no, to your point about Doncic real quick, and you know that I'm I, I'm not a Doncic skeptic as much as I'm a, where his weaknesses are. I think that they're bigger than people make them out to be. And even with that, I just think the way that the Mavs are currently constructed, I, I just think that he's going to have probably the best chance as opposed to what, you know, how other teams are currently constructed. I just think he's going to get a big workload kind of right off the bat. And whether it's, you know, just fitting into the flow of the offense and, and dishing um, or being asked to score because we know he can shoot and he can drive to the rim a little bit. I just feel like he's going to get a lot of opportunities. Like, I don't think they're going to really waste opportunities for him for Harrison Barnes in, in a Rick Car- Carlisle offense. So um, we've seen them utilize young players before to have good seasons, like a Seth Curry. Um, Yogi Farrell played pretty well when he was given the leash. So they always let these young guys kind of go in Dallas. I just think for that reason and, and his skill set and his frame, I, I just think that's probably the easiest route, even if I don't believe in him as much as everybody else for the rest of his career. I just think this year alone, it probably makes the most sense. So the next one in line of questioning was which rookie will have the best career. And this this makes no sense because the way that they pose this question should be the same essentially as who you think is going to be rookie of the year. Cause why would you vote for a guy rookie of the year and then not vote him to think you're going to have the best career? It makes no sense. But anyways, yeah, I agree. Wendell Carter was number one and Wendell Carter didn't even, he got other receiving votes, which means like one person voted for him in the normal poll, but he was number one. And then Kevin Knox was tied number two with Jerome Robinson. From the Clippers, which, sure, he flew up draft boards, but again, like what what are what are we asking here when Knox and Jerome Robinson are finishing ahead of Aiton and and Doncic? I don't. The questioning doesn't matter, but I think the questioning was fine. I, I don't. It's kind of like really have, stability versus a because, flash in the pan performer. Well, yeah, because like a Dennis Smith Jr. can come out and have a great rookie campaign, right? But then we're skeptical about, well, is he ever going to be a good defender? Is he ever going to learn to move the ball? Is he going to get, you know, is he going to be an effective three-point shooter? Or is he just going to be a glorified Derrick Rose, like a like a 2015 Derrick Rose? You know what I mean? Yes. So it's like... Well, answer me this, though. How does what? Luka Doncic finish second, tied for third, however you want to put it, in the Rookie of the Year voting, but not receive a vote in which rookie will have the best career? Not a single oh. vote. Okay, be, that was I, really strange. I'm gonna. I'm, okay, he probably should have gotten a single vote. But as yeah, far as, him, okay, but as far <laughs> as him not being high up in it in general, I don't disagree with it either because I can. This is my personal opinion. I've been lambasted, and the group think on you know NBA Twitter has gotten me for it and whatever. They've been wrong before. I think they're gonna be wrong again. Um, I don't know that he's gonna be this star that everybody thinks he's gonna be. I I think he projects way more to be. And again. With the player comps, they are never perfect. We are generally saying something very loose about the way certain players play. I think he projects more as like a Nicholas Batum number two kind of guy than he ever does as like a legit number one that's going to carry the full burden of an offense and of a team. I think he's going to be a guy who helps facilitate. He can absolutely score. Some nights he's going to really fill it up. His scoring averages won't be anything to scoff at. But I don't know that he projects as as much to be this this high level star as much as I see him being, you know, a really productive two. 
So that's what I maybe other guys felt that way. I feel that way. I think he's gonna have a very I, just, career. I just don't think he's gonna have the best career. I think that when you ask that question, you're asking from these guys that you've seen, who do you think projects to have the best career based on a lot of the times that's athleticism plus skill. Doncic kind of, I mean, he has the frame, but the athleticism is something to be concerned about. Whereas well, people might have seen is... Knox and then seen him in the summer league, and you know he kind of jumped off the screen, looked like he didn't belong there, and then also being the prisoner of the moment, it's recency bias, but people probably put more stock in that kind of thing when trying to make a projection pick. We've also seen so little of Doncic, though. Like at the same time, like from basically what the general public knows, he could end up being like. Steve Nash with LeBron James's size, you know? Well, that's why Kyle has also gone against this, too, because I think that a lot of people are saying things because of what they hear and not actually putting in the time that it requires to understand a prospect and know what Doncic can be. Like in the NBA, everybody gets caught up in, oh, you know, uh, like when people say, oh, Derrick Rose was an MVP in 2011, and everyone's like, he shouldn't have even won that MVP award. Look where he is now. That doesn't mean anything, right? And then with Doncic, everybody's so quick to like throw out the early accolades as a supporting case. And I get that it is impressive for an 18-year-old to have all of those. That it hasn't really happened before. Like I understand, I do understand. I really genuinely do. But we pick and choose when we like guys, how to evaluate them differently. And that's what I haven't liked. I try to always keep the same scope when I evaluate guys. And like there's legit concerns for him. There just is. Is it easier with him to like identify his floor rather than ceiling? Yeah, because I think at his frame and with his skill set, which is, you know, his vision, being able to facilitate the way he does, handle the ball at that size, and he could shoot from deep. I think he has a really safe floor. I, that's why I, I think I'm really comfortable saying he's more of like a high level two who can facilitate, kind of like a again, Batum was a prob- probably will always have been a better defender than Doncic will ever be. He's longer when he was you know plugged in, especially in Portland. He was a, you know really an impact guy but i think it's that kind of a thing where he's going to be able to give you like you know 15 to 18 a night shoot from deep probably get you five to seven assists you know something like that and just really be able to help open up the floor a little bit and if he does i think that's like a floor for him i think that's where i'm most comfortable projecting him where other guys are you know mostly boom or bust you take guys for athleticism and you hope that you're going to teach somebody to shoot you hope that you're going to teach Kevin Knox to go left. You hope, you know what I mean? Like there's always like a thing whereas Doncic is a little bit more complete. But that's where I see it. Some people disagree with me, that's fine, but that's I don't know. I feel I think he's at a very safe floor, probably the safest floor in the draft. Won't be able to tell until he plays in the NBA ultimately. That will be the test. A couple other questions that were asked to the rookies that Knicks got voted for. So the next one was which rookie was the biggest steal? And Mitchell Robinson was in the honorable mentions. Granted, I think oh. about half of the prospects from the draft got votes here. So it really doesn't mean anything. But I think that it says a lot about just the word that can spread and how these guys are all tuned in to what's going on, even in the summer league. Because if you would ask this right after the draft, I bet that most people had never even heard of Mitchell Robinson. And then the fact that, you know, one or two people looked at this and said, this is the guy I'm going to vote for. Yeah, I mean, I I have no problem admitting it. I texted you and Bailey specifically in our Slack chat, and I said, guys, tell me something about Mitchell Robinson, because I've never heard of him. I have absolutely no idea about anything. And then uh, Bailey first told me to Google it, to which I said some obscene things, because I wanted to hear it from my friends and and talk, but that's neither here nor there. And anyway, Bailey ended up giving me a little synopsis of the situation and that I knew something, but I was totally in the dark about that situation and well, him in general. So I feel the general public absolutely felt the same as me for the most part. I mean, Matt, I'm going to assume you knew. I knew who he was. I hadn't watched any film on him. So I knew who he was because, you know, when you're reading these things and I looked at potential second round picks up and down the draft. And I had seen this guy, and the, the first thing I, when I saw, I was like, oh, that's the guy that didn't play in college because he had a bunch of issues and then just ended up working out. Because that was his M.O., because there wasn't a lot of other guys in the draft that had his specific story. So his story stuck out to me. But his play, I knew nothing about. Yeah, Dude, it's just, it's just still so dope that we got him. I'm like, excited. I, 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 it, I, this is, it's just so cool because I feel like, 
and look, look, I know it's still early, but he did have an, an you know incredibly impressive summer league. But like, it's just so rare that the Knicks are actually able to like pick up a good seal in you know, especially in the second round. But like in the draft, like at all, it's been so rare that we get two good players out of it, you know. And it's just like, I, I don't know. I like I'm I'm more excited about him than I was with like Dotson last year. Rightfully uh, so. I think yeah, I think Do- yeah, I think Dotson will still develop into a fine player, but I see so much more you know potential with Robinson. Well, because like, it just feels good. The thing that we were worried about with Robinson was, well, how's he going to look? Because he hasn't played in a year. He's just been working out in a gym after his high school senior year. And then immediately, and, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong or if you notice something else, but immediately the two things that jumped out from him were, holy shit, this guy is a freak athlete. And then, holy shit, his instincts are pretty damn good. That was what I felt. Like, even if he was early on things, like his timing might have been a little bit off, he seemed to, like, have a really good grasp on a lot of things that the opposition was trying to do. Like he was closing out on shooters like aggressively, sometimes too aggressively. And that was what impressed me. I was like, well, if you're this athletic and your instincts are this good for the summer league, then I feel pretty good about things. Now, if you're going to be strong enough or in, in good enough shape to play in NBA games or stay on the floor or, you know, not foul, like those are all components that we're going to have to work through when we watch him. But those two things were really promising to me as like a, you know, in a 19, I think he's 19, right? Uh, yeah, 20. let me look up his exact age right now. The thing that I noticed when he was playing, he was just so much more nimble than I thought. He's 20, April 1st, 98. He was, he was really late. He's fucking really fast, not a, too. Well, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, do you remember um, that specific play when he was, I think someone ran a pick and roll. It was at the top of the key, and he was uh, he was on the the ball handler, right? And then the ball handler kicked it out to the corner and he was on the left side of the court the left side of the top of the key and then they kicked it directly to the right corner and he turned around like head on a swivel and took i think three strides to get over there and block a shot knocked it out i've watched that play so many times and and like that that to me is the perfect so you, you make the correct read you switch into the ball handler you smother him he makes the pass anyway you know where the pass is going you have the wherewithal to turn around Without hesitating, without thinking, and go directly to the corner on a on a B line. It's and defensive then, pornography. That's yeah, all I mean, right I mean there. that. I mean that play was probably one of the better plays he made in in the summer league, if not the best. But it's like those are the little things where it's just like, whoa, holy shit, this guy can play. It's not like somebody tried to body him in the post and then he blocked a shot. Like that's to me, that's like a a great read, like a, an initial good first stop, a great read, and then he still gets there, and, and it was. It was something to behold, man. I'm excited. I don't want to get too excited, but I was, god damn, man. The most exciting thing about the two Knicks rookies is that we've been at a point, last year, we liked Frank, but going in, I wouldn't have been surprised if he was just bad at basketball, and some could argue that he was bad last year, because a lot of his counting stats weren't that great, and you want to talk plus minus, and his on-off splits weren't great either, so neither here nor there. I'd be surprised at this point this year if either draft pick was just a mess at basketball. And that could have been completely in play with Frank Nielakina last year. So it's a bit of a different mentality. And I don't want to have delusions of grandeur about these players. But with Robinson, I think the question that we just have to ask is what kind of lineups is he going to play in that are going to suit his skill set early on if he's going to be up at the big club? Because you're going to have to put some shooters around him because he has no jump shot. So you're going to have to put him in position to be crashing the boards, be using him on pick and rolls, be putting him out there so he can defend athletic bigs because that's something that he can potentially do. But he's going to foul out of a lot of games. He's going to be way too aggressive when he's trying to block shots. We saw a ton of that in Summer League. But I think just from a mentality standpoint as a fan base, I'd be surprised if either of these guys were just atrocious from the get in terms of just the sheer ability to be an impactful player on the basketball court. I just want Robinson. I think like from the get pretty much, he should have an opportunity to be first big out of the gates as in like off the bench. But like, like, like obviously I don't know. It'll probably be like, and Neil, Neil Keenan going to be starting at the one or the two. And it'll probably be one of Burke or Moody, like starting next to him or maybe Dotson, who knows, but like, you know, probably in most situations, Burke will be that first, you know, your sixth man off the bench, or maybe Moutier if you saw him. But 
After that, I want to see Mitchell Robinson out there immediately, and I'm fine with him taking over that six-man position, or even like starting to start over Canner after if he starts playing well. Like, honest to God, Ennis Canner has been used as a bench weapon before. He deserves to get the start early in the year. But you know, you pull him five minutes in, and Robinson starts shining. Like, I, you got to look at opportunities like that. Ennis Cantor will never come off the bench as a New no, York Knicks. Never. That will never happen. But, no? Never really happen. Don't no, think so. no, no, I don't think so. We'll never I, see where you're go- I see where you're going with it, and it's a nice idea, but it, it's not. You got gonna... usurped in Oklahoma City. That's because they had Steven Adams, and the Knicks don't yeah, have yeah. Steven Adams. Yeah, but I, what if Mitchell Rob? Uh, never mind. I'm not doing that. Don't get ahead of yourself. It wouldn't yeah. happen this year. If they sign Cantor long term, God fucking forbid. If they sign him long term, and that's then that eventually happened, I would understand. But that's not going to happen. But for. Uh, for Robinson, I, I this is where I'm at with Knicks rookies. Knox, I'm going to probably hold to a different standard. I had the same, and I said this all last year. You guys know this. My thing with Frank Nielakina was, hey, Frank, don't suck at basketball. Like, that's it. That's where my standards were for Knicks rookies. Just simply do not suck at basketball. Like all components of basketball. So we didn't really see a ton from him offensively. We saw little flashes. That's all that they were. We saw flashes of passing, some flashes of shooting and shooting form, but nothing else, right? But defensively, we saw something that you could really build on, that all successful teams need is is an elite, potentially uh, perimeter defender. So that's why I have hope in, in Frank. And that the same thing's going to happen with uh, Mitchell Robinson for me. I'm very excited about summer uh, summer league, but don't suck when you get to the big league. That's it. Just don't suck. That's literally the bar. Like, don't suck. Don't get pushed around. Sort of the KP formula, you're not going to be strong enough. Try to use your length. If you could do that effectively, you could be a pretty damn good rim protector like KP is. That's it. That's the bar for me. That's all that I want to see. And if you exceed it and you don't spend a ton of time in Westchester because you, you know, you're too good for it and you've earned your minutes in the big league, great. That's a bonus. But bars pretty low for Robinson for me. I just don't want to be disappointed. And it should be low. Do we have anything uh, left to discuss on the rookie survey? Because I want to make sure we got a couple of minutes left tonight to get into the e- the 2K League. Yes, we have a few minutes left in the pod. Let me two last things, and then we'll move right yeah. into that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Mitchell Robinson also got votes as which rookie is the best defender. And Kevin Knox also got some votes for the best shooter. So you're seeing some other skills that are being... Okay admired by players around the league that are keeping an eye on the Knicks rookies. But let's talk about the 2K League. Hell yeah. So, Knicks gaming in the final on Saturday, playing against the Miami Heat, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. Yep, it's the Heat. The Heat. So, they beat the Cavs in the semifinals, heat right? Check. Please, heat I need check. Please, I need you to make this a little bit more dramatic, okay? They were the eight seed. They were, they were the five lowest, and nine. They were they were the lowest seed. They went on this awe-inspiring 2K run. Why didn't you intro this if you had all these dramatics lined up? Because you just started talking. So here I am. <laughs> so that's my role here. So 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 they they went on this dramatic run. If you, stop me if you've heard this before, but it reminds me of 1999. They are Boom, doing that's what I was uh-huh. thinking. They're doing and it's not real basketball, folks. It's fucking August. What, what are we on? August 22nd, all right? It's not real basketball. I understand. Don't at me tomorrow. Yeah, but Don't they play with real tomorrow. heart here. But this is a legitimate league in the inaugural season, and they went from the lowest seed, and they've made a finals run. Now, unlike 1999, I'm hopeful that they can pull this off. With that ticket tournament they had, which was basically to win a uh, playoff berth, to, to lock it in to guarantee that they'd make this exact um, bracket that they've been in now. Um, they did the same thing. They were a low seed, went on an improbable run, pulled it all Turned together. It the fuck around. That's Turned what it the I fuck around. And then they won, and they guaranteed their spot. And now with that spot, they made the best of it again. And they've made a nice Cinderella run here. And Cinderella's really not ready to go home yet, I don't think. And Saturday... Yo, it'd be so great if they played against the Spurs 2K team. I don't even know if they have one, but that, that would, would be... be... That would be absolutely poetic. I don't think they have a, a team. To my knowledge, they do not. But um, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know if you guys yeah. watch a ton of these games. I'm not going to sit here and say I've watched um, all of them or even most of them. But I have watched a few on occasion. Generally, when they're in these tournaments is like when I like to tune in. And I mean, it is 2K, but it's it's fun because of the 
personal dynamic when you get to see you know Jerry Ferrara or the players in the stands and they react and get excited. It is it is fun and I, and it's the Knicks in the championship. It is it's it's like, a dude. First this is Knicks not going to happen anytime soon. You got to. I mean, somebody somebody tweeted us today uh, at the Knicks wall and they said, I, if the Knicks win, uh, if the Knicks gaming uh, team wins it all, I'm going to celebrate. I don't care. And I said, well, we, I, and I said, yeah, we we're going to take. Uh, you know, we're gonna celebrate. We're gonna have, you know, feel some joy by any means necessary. Bro, I'll get their fucking logo tattooed on me if they win. Please don't. Oh my god, <laughs> that's this is going out. That's on record, bro. No, I know. <laughs> I might. I didn't say how big, but do they have odds on the final or something? Like, are do they set points before this goes? Like, how big of an underdog are they on Saturday? Do you have I, any idea? I, I don't know, but I'm gonna record. I'm just going to argue that they're going to be a pretty decent underdog based on the fact that they didn't have a winning record. I don't know if they set odds for Knicks gaming or for the 2K League in general. Yeah. It's kind of dope just to see the kids, too, that do this and they get paid and it's cool. Like, it's something, like you said, they even they get to hang out with Jerry Farrar and he's like someone that they can connect with. Our good, cl- pers- close personal friend, Jerry Farrar, come back on the pod. My guy. But it's just a cool kind of setting. And I think the stigma with it hopefully is eradicating because we've seen a lot of different esports just come to the forefront and it's cool man and it's 2k who doesn't love 2k here's the deal the heat heat check went three and seven against playoff opponents in the regular season okay so i don't know what the how the knicks did there probably not great but i don't know this might be a little more even than you think they got all the juice that kid got like a twenty, like their center was that Goofy. He goes by Goofy seven five seven. I think. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he's the power dude. forward. Yeah, dude, he had twenty two points and twenty rebounds in the last game. Yep. Like that's that kind of shit I can only do when I put like my career mode on the easiest setting. He's good, man. He's he's damn yeah. good. And uh, I think that guy who was the number one pick was looking good. Uh, I am Adam Adam the first. MSG ran a really good special about uh, the team a couple of months ago. It, yeah, that was it. Was nice. Yeah, that dude went for like thirty and thirteen assists. Like, yeah, man, whenever it's tournament shit. time, yeah, whenever it's tournament time, it seems like he's the guy. So far, if you aren't familiar, um, I mean, uh, I am Adam the first. I think that's his Twitter handle, but he's the point guard, and it seems like every time that they have a tournament, he's he averages something stupid like thirty and fifteen. It's just like I don't know what happens when it comes to tournament time, but he suddenly doesn't miss, and every single pass he throws turns into an assist. So. Yeah, I'm excited. I might be there. I'm yes, right. Yes, uh, TKW in some way, shape, or form should be in the house. Should be there. Yeah, we'll have more about that later on. Yep. So uh, we're looking to give you guys some coverage. I, I know um, 2K League coverage hasn't really been. I mean, they've done a good job from the official account for sure. But for our, for you know yeah. team accounts and things like that, this is all very new to all of us. So we're starting to dabble into it a little bit, and we should it's be cool. there. Hopefully, something shit. cool and new, and uh, you guys like it a lot. Again, there's no basketball in August right now, so it's Zero. just like... Zero. Yeah. Well, um, well, there is WNBA. There let's is WNBA. Not, I was about let's to not say. be we those got, guys, okay? Got, I know, there's, I know. There is WNBA. Which has been there's really awesome. Right now. Because it's single elimination playoff games. It's kind of... It's pretty awesome. And I like that shit. Single elimination. Like, I would totally do a round of that. I'd do a fucking wild card round. I feel like Diana Taurasi will just never die. She cooked up, it was last night or a couple nights ago, she's just one of those people that I'm like, she is still doing this at an elite level? Because I can remember growing up, when she was at UConn, that was like the women's basketball player. And it's 2018, and she's still kicking ass. It's pretty sweet. And, and you know what's funny is the other, you know, version of the women's basketball player is Maya Moore, also from UConn, not a big deal or anything. And uh, they they just continually kick ass in this league, and it's beautiful. Those UConn like, players. Hey, you, those UConn players, it's 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 just a beautiful like the whole league is just. Did the Liberty, did they make the uh, playoffs this year? They did not, to my knowledge. I met Brianna Stewart once. That was pretty cool. Did That's you? cool. Where was yeah. that? Well, we in Albany, they had a regional, and I volunteered to help because mm. they needed just some people to run around. I did promotions or whatever, and she was just sitting there, and you know I just said what's up, talked to her for a minute or something. It was pretty cool. Because that UConn team, the, the way they walk around, too, they have such an aura around them with Gino Ariema, and then they're all just walking around. They got the, the UConn on, on the women's shirts and everything. It's wild. And they were to watch them in person, too, because they'll just kind of toy with you a little bit. They're like the Warriors in that way. Like, it'll start out, you know, it's 12-10, and all of a sudden you'll look up, and it'll be like 40-17. to 17. 
out of nowhere. They 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 are quite good at basketball as a program. Quite good. Many are saying. Before we stray too far from 2K, uh, just to go back to that for a sec, we should plug our new Twitch channel. Yes, I'll sign us off because we got to go. But a couple things to leave you guys with. Got a new Twitch channel. We've been running some 2K games on there. Our very own Reed Goldsmith has been doing that. So check that out. We just tweeted out a video. The tonight. highlight today was so funny. It was a Dick Barnett slam dunk to seal the victory for the 72 <laughs> Knicks. <laughs> I don't know if Dick Barnett ever dunked. That's a good question. I no way. <laughs> Fall back, baby. So we got yeah, that. So check shame. out the Twitch channel. We're going to have some fun stuff. We got some good plans for that coming up. So keep an eye out. Like we said, we're going to have people on the ground on Saturday for the 2K championship. We got plenty more coming up with training camp. We got a great piece from Ty Jordan today on Ennis Cantor, all about his struggles with being a political target from his own country and also attempting to maintain a level of levity here in the States to to kind of balance that out. Just a great piece by Ty. Nickswall.com. Stay up with it. We got plenty more content coming up. Anything else to plug? Oh, shout to everyone for those jersey submissions. We wanted to talk about them a little tonight, but we didn't get to. But those were awesome. Yeah. So shouts to yeah. everyone for those. Oh, no, I was just going to say uh, for the jersey submissions, we've been getting a lot of love with those. We have um, a decent amount of submissions so far. Um, really strong ones, too. Not just, you know, dinky little ones that people are sending in. Shout out Joe Nardone. Um, but but um, uh, a little break. Yeah, no, but uh, I, everybody's been sending in these beautiful black ones. I'm a big proponent of at least seeing the oh, fan concept man. of the black ones. So again, I hate I, and love so many of those. Yeah, I mean, it's really finicky. And again, we can spend more time on this maybe next week. Uh, we don't have the time now. But I just want to remind everybody, um, it's the middle of the week. Today's Wednesday. The contest closes Friday. So if you got any submissions, even if they're not going to be as good, uh, maybe like a highly rendered uh, Photoshop or a picture or something like that, please still send it in because the point is uh, we just want to see the concepts. We just want to see a, a good concept and we're going to have some, you know, the fans vote on it over the weekend and then we're going to pick out winners. Um, so we've had a couple strong ones already. I'm looking to get a couple more at the end here and put some pressure on these guys, but I'm um, really thankful for the participation we've had so far. It's been a really fun thing to do in the dog days of summer here when we've had not a lot to talk about. So it's provided something, and that's because of you guys. So thank you for that. And hopefully you guys send in some more submissions. And just so you guys know, the winner wins two free products from the TKW merch store. This isn't just shirts or just mugs. Get a mug. Stickers. They're really nice. You, you can get a sweatshirt. You can get two sweatshirts. You can get a sweatshirt. Any Anything that you want. Two products from the TKW store on us. We'll send it right to you. Just... Do what you got to do. Put in the work. Send us something. Maybe people like it, and then we can send you something for free. A lot to choose from, too. A lot of products on that store. A lot. A lot. And um, besides that, as always, make sure you rate and subscribe because that's very important and helps us do this and continue. Yeah, and follow us, too. You know, follow us. Uh, We have a TKW podcast handle. Please follow that. It's relatively new, but we're going to be very interactive. Matt's got some great, great ideas that he's planning on doing this season. Um, Yeah, that's a that's. All of that I have for pushing. What about you guys? Just I me. think you pretty much covered follow it, man. Me at Wish I Was Corbo. <laughs> at Wish I Was Corbo for all of the content your up. heart can desire. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm actually going to be posting some photos from the uh, from the Knicks gaming event, hopefully. So oh, great. Can't wait. Keep an eye on that. Yeah. All right, fellas. Thanks for chatting. We will see you next time. Good night. All right. Good, good night, guys. Good night.